Welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 462. I would always tell myself, rather go expressive than descriptive. Because I think there is a great difference between being an illustrator and being an artist. And um, I try the best I can to express automobile rather than just depict it. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. I'll never worry again about having a dead battery with my NOCO Genius Boost Jump Starter. This compact tool fits in my glove box and features rechargeable lithium battery technology that'll jumpstart a dead battery in my car, boat, truck, or RV. The Genius Boost features built-in spark-proof technology and reverse polarity protection to safely jumpstart any of my vehicles. The compact, ergonomically designed clamps are built from solid copper for maximum conductivity. There's a built-in ultrabite dual LED flashlight with seven modes, including an SOS and emergency strobe. I use my Genius Boost Jump Starter to charge my phone, tablet, and laptop while I'm on the road or if the power goes out in my home. The unit itself is easily rechargeable in my vehicle. The Genius Boost from NOCO is the ultimate emergency tool that's safe and easy to use. Quality design, state-of-the-art technology from NOCO, the battery car source since 1914. I've got one in each of my vehicles. Get yours at GeniusChargers.com. Hello, automotive enthusiasts. I am revved up and so excited to introduce today's very special guest, Alain Levesque. Alain, are you buckled up and ready for a fun ride? Yes, I am. All right. Great to have you here. Alain Levesque is a Canadian artist recognized by automotive enthusiasts throughout the world. He's painted posters for Barrett-Jackson, the New York City Concorde d'Elegance in Central Park, Retromobile in Paris, and the Pebble Beach Concorde d'Elegance. His art is collected by celebrities, including Jay Leno, Jerry Seinfeld, Nick Mason, and I'm very proud to say I have several of his prints hanging in my home as well. Alain's work has been published in numerous international magazines and publications. It's inspired by the Art Deco and Italian Futurism movement, his work has a style and look that's unique and wonderfully suited to automobiles, both new and old. So, Alon, I've told our listeners just a tiny bit about you. Would you take a brief moment before I ask you some of the many questions I have for you today and share a little bit more about your career as an artist and your passion for automobiles? Yes. Uh, first, I studied in, in graphic design before I start to, to have that uh, that uh, deep interest for, for car. I've always have interest for car uh, when I when I was young, but in a professional way, it started uh, let's say in in the late uh, 80s, early 90s, when I had the occasion to to get in con- in contact with uh, with people who were uh, running uh, art gallery, and it was uh, automotive art gallery, which was. A, a real surprise for me to discover that there was a, there was a market for for the automotive art. Oh yeah. So I was uh, mostly uh, influenced by uh, early uh, 20th century art movements such as uh, Italian futurism, as you just mentioned, and Cubism, and and all this. Those uh, art movements 
I, I get in contact with those art movement during my training in at the university in Montreal, mm. and soon I I realized that to get in contact with those important art movement, avant-garde, if I can say, of the early 20th century. I was deeply influenced in my work. In those days, I was mostly a graphic artist, so I did a lot of posters for different events. Mm -hmm. But when the moment came to start to work on the, the automobile subject, the experience at the university uh, remained in terms of style that I took to reinterpret the the automobile subject. Well, I love your work so much, and I think I'm beginning to understand a little bit more why there's a connection here I have with your artwork, because I have a graphic design background as well, and I love cars, and you've taken those two elements combined with that wonderful period of Art Deco and Italian futurism and really melded them into a wonderful style, and we'll be telling our listeners here a little future how to how to go to your website and see all of your artwork but as we continue on your journey i always like to start with a success quote this is some kind of saying that's been instrumental in informing your life and your success and it's a really nice way to get the inspirational tires turning here on cars yeah so along take the wheel okay i would say for inspirational quote or success mantra, as you mentioned. In art, I would say, in, in my particular case, I would always tell myself, rather go expressive than descriptive. <laughs> because uh, because I think there is a, a great difference between being an illustrator and being an artist. Yes. And um, I try the best I can to express automobile rather than just depict it. Yeah, you know, and you do that really, really well. The the style. I'm sitting here in my studio in my home, and I'm looking at a piece that you did of a Porsche Spider at Treblanc that uh, yeah. is just so marvelous. That way that you approach it, can you explain that a little bit more to our listeners, perhaps, so they understand what we're talking about? Yes. In that particular case, it, it was commissioned by the um, Porsche Club of America when when they made that great reunion in Mont Tremblant, uh, northern of uh north of Montreal mm -hmm. it was in, in in 19 if i remember well 1999 so they they asked me to produce an image that will recall the the heydays of uh, of Porsche and also the environment of uh, the mountain of uh, of Mont Tremblant oh. but uh, once again they they asked me to to refer to my style because uh, I, as I told them, in my opinion, the inner interest to create such a such a, a piece of art is in the treatment more than in the subject itself. Mm. But in that particular case, I had to stick to the subject because it was for for that for the PCA. Yeah, it's a wonderful piece. I think um, there there is uh, some uh, other aspect that always driven me when when I work on different subject and mostly on the automobile subject. Mm. Um, always say that the the automobile uh, for me remains a pretext for creation. Like I I told you, I'm I'm not ashamed to use a a, a Porsche as a subject on an abstract uh, representation, for instance. Mm -hmm. So far as it will reach both uh, car lovers and as well as art lover. Yes. It's wonderful work. I, I really, really love what you do, and I'll encourage our listeners to check out your show notes page and links to your website so they can see your work if they have not already experienced. I'm sure 
many of the listeners have. Would you share a story with me that instigated your passion for cars? Is there a pivotal moment in your life as you remember it when you really knew that you were a car guy? Yes, it was uh, early in my life. I was uh, around nine or ten. I was born in in, in northern Quebec, uh, which is the, a mining region called Abitibi. It, it's closer uh, to James Bay than uh, to any uh, major center. So in those areas, there is not a lot of uh, Ferraris or Aston Martin on the road. <laughs> <laughs> Probably not, yeah. <laughs> the automobile uh, are mostly... A practical automobile. So, but I was fascinated early on with, with the subject. Mm-hmm. But uh, on particular day, one day uh, in 1967, I was uh, probably around nine or ten. My father came home uh, driving a gleaming '67 Buick Riviera. Oh, cool! And to me, it was as thought the, the Batmobile had showed up at my house. <laughs> Very cool. With, with its retractable headlights and its disappearing and, oh, yeah. and, and antenna and wipers, I was sure that the, there was a, a secret weapon hidden inside. <laughs> I was really, really impressed. I will always remember that moment, that specific moment. Yeah, fantastic. What a fun, fun adventure for you. That's really cool. So, Alon, what I would love to do now is take a look at some of the roads you've driven down and crawl under the hood and ask you to share a, a huge challenge or even a great failure that you faced along the way in your career. But, of course, the most important part of this is how did you overcome it and what did you learn from that experience? Yes, I was thinking of something which is not uh, directly connected to the the automobile subject, mm-hmm. but it, it is related to the work that I did prior to to an automobile artist. Mm -hmm. As I was trained as a graphic artist, I did a lot of uh, posters when I started my career 30 years ago. In the late 80s, I had a lot of success with with the poster design. With three friends, uh, artists, we put together a publishing company specialized in uh, creative poster design. Mostly for art and sport events. Mm -hmm. That led us to London, England, where we started to work with major European poster distributors. And uh, during one of my stay in London, I had the privilege to get in contact with an artist. Uh, His name is uh, George Hardy. He was part of a design agency called called Hypnosis. Mm -hmm. They were um, a design agency dedicated uh, to album cover in in the music business. Mm -hmm. I offered him to join our team of artists in order to be published for for our agency. And I was so proud to tell my partner that we were in a position to work with an artist who created Led Zeppelin and Dark Side of the Moon album cover. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we were really impressed and, and so proud of it. Yeah. But we were young. Uh, we didn't have a lot of experience in business. So unfortunately, we quickly realized that we didn't have the structure to face such a major arrival mm. in our team. Yeah. If you ask me what I did learn out of that experience, is, is uh, we have to learn from, uh, from experience. So I would probably get well prepared before taking a big uh, mouthful, you know. Yes. So yes. It, it, it was it was too early in, in my career to to get that uh, to reach that level, if I can say. Sure. No, I understand completely. It's uh, being properly prepared in business for any new step or new venture is so important. Sometimes our youthful exuberance pushes us ahead of ourselves, uh, where we get the yeah. uh, 
the um, horse behind the cart instead of in front of the <laughs> cart. I'd love for you to talk a little bit about an aha moment. Let's go to uh, a moment in time when uh, you had a career aha moment, if you will, where the headlights come on and kind of illuminate your way for this new focus or this new direction. And tell us the steps you took to turn your aha moment into a success. Amongst the aha moment, as you mentioned, is the again in the late 80s. Again, we were in London. So uh, un- until th- that period of time, uh, I wasn't aware that uh, there was existing market of uh, for automotive art. Mm. Uh, so it, it all started on, on that day of 1989 while I was in London and I discovered the Kachadurian Automotive, automotive Art Gallery on Palmer Street in a trendy St. James Square. Mm-hmm. For the first time, I saw the words art and automobile together on an art gallery setting. It was really, I was really impressed. Yeah. And inside the gallery was like a, a parallel universe filled with paintings, sculptures, ceramics, and stained glass, all featuring automobile in their main subject. Wow. It was a real revelation. And a, a year after, same thing happened in, in uh, New York City with the Art and the Automobile Gallery, directed by uh, Jacques Vaucher. I think you know Jacques. Yeah, we. Oui. <laughs> yes. He, he was uh, uh, set in a, in a spectacular penthouse uh, setting downtown Manhattan. Wow. So once again, I realized there were a genuine market for the automotive artist. Yeah. So it was a, a real uh, revelation for me. Ah, oh, must have been tremendously exciting, too, to figure out that Wow, I can meld my passion for cars with my vocation in graphic design and art. And made a living out of it. And make a living even better. Even better and very important, of course, as well. That's what Cars Yeah is all about. Let's talk a little bit about proudest career moments. I would assume you've had many. You've been involved in so many tremendous and prestigious automotive events, uh, creating posters and artwork and things and all the art that you produce. Is there one proud moment you'd like to share with us that really stands out for you? Uh, yeah, I would say in 1995, I was invited for the first time to participate to the uh, Meadowbrook Hall uh, mm. Concours d'Elegance in the Detroit uh, area. Mm-hmm. There, um, among with uh, uh, 12 other artists, well-known artists from all over the world, uh, I did receive the Vision and Creativity in Automobile Trophy. Oh, in wonderful. front of in front of those people, well-known people, it, it was a moving moment for me yeah. to be recognized as a significant artist in such a narrow field of art. Mm-hmm. And it, it was quite early because in 1995 I was uh, like a, a beginner in the uh, automotive art uh, field. Mm-hmm. For that reason, I I will always be grateful to the Meadowbrook Hall. Um, organization and Mr. Vaucher once again who uh, did support me a lot in, in, in those days. Well, congratulations for that. Absolutely uh, wonderful award. Uh, Meadowbrook, of course, that event is spectacular. One of those uh, top creme de la creme events in the country. So very cool. Well, let's have a little bit of fun here. What was your first really special car? And maybe you could share a, a memory that you have with that vehicle. I would say my first special car is my 1968 Firebird. Cool. That I still own today. Ah, in fact, I believe you sent me a picture of that car. I think we're going to have that on your show notes page. It's kind of a blue-green color, is that right? Yeah, it's like teal blue. Teal blue, nice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's It's a beautiful car, and 
this is something that really meaningful to me because uh, I don't know if you you know uh, Luigi Kinetti, the guy from Ferrari. Yes, he's a good friend of mine, and he's living quite close for for where where I am in the Ottawa area. Uh-huh. Uh, Luigi told me once that he had the chance to know well Bill Mitchell in the '60s, which oh. is really really something. Yes, so he, he tells me once a story where uh, General Motors was uh, in a state of shock, you know, after the, the Ford's Mustang success in the in the mid-60s. Mm-hmm. And uh, General Motors urged a chief designer to, to find a quick answer with a new performance-oriented model. And uh, Luigi tells me that uh, one day he uh, he made a visit to, um, to Bill Mitchell's studio and uh, he saw a bunch of, uh, of sketches on the table of what will become the Pontiac Firebird. Oh, wow. So to me, it is my way to own a part of uh, Bill Mitchell's legacy. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's a beautiful-looking car, really fun car, and uh, definitely uh, an important car in the American muscle car period of time, if you will, Uh, one of those iconic classic designs, so very cool. Is there a car that you've uh, sold that you've let go that you really wish you had back? It never happened, yes. <laughs> Lucky guy. <laughs> yeah, well, don't let it happen. Keep that that Firebird, okay? Do not let it go, whatever you do, because I've had uh, 460 past guests, and almost all of them have a very tearful story when I bring up that question. So you're a very lucky guy to not have a, a seller's remorse story. Now, let's talk a little bit about this new year. You know, we're into March here of 2016. Are there any new projects or exciting things for 2016 that really have you excited and fired up? I'm actually working on a project with Mr. Vaucher of the Automobile Gallery on a series of large commemorative posters. Mm. So it is it is quite exciting because Mr. Kennedy and Mr. Vaucher are nice friends and they, they know each other for probably 40 years and they are, they are so aware of the uh, automobile on the track around the world. So I find myself very lucky to get access to such a, a, a lot of information from, from the house's mouth. And with their help, I will work in, in 2016 on a different projects, always related to a commemorative um, uh, event uh, in, in uh, automobile uh, automobile world mm-hmm. so probably an uh, event from the 50s or 60s and even uh, 70s wow because as you know in, in in those days it wasn't on a regular base that you will find good quality poster to to represent a specific event on on, on tracks but today collectors are really really uh, aware and really have a deep interest for um, the heydays on the tracks in North America and in Europe with uh, with famous cars. Oh, absolutely. So for that for that reason, uh, Mr. Vaucher say, I think we we should do something with style. Yes. With good quality and style to represent a very important event on on tracks. Oh, it's wonderful. Sounds like a fantastic thing. You know, Tony Singer who owns Vintage Auto Posters has been a guest on my show and a sponsor of the show and uh he sells vintage, authentic vintage automotive posters from all sorts of eras, and uh, they're just wonderful works of art. It's so nice to see that trend coming back, and it sounds like a very exciting project. When will we be able to see some of your finished pieces for that? I will try to to get ready 
let's say, uh, prior to July to oh, okay. have at least five or maybe six pieces ready and printed. Awesome. I will let you know. Okay, yeah, please do. And I'll make sure the Carja listeners know as well so we can see what creative uh, works of art you come up with. Now, here's a very introspective question for you, Law. If you were an automobile, what kind of car would you be and why? Oh, this is not an easy one. <laughs> no, it isn't. And, you know, <laughs> you can you can blame the difficulty of this on a fellow artist, Harold Cleworth, who was a very early, he's actually a two-time guest here on Cars, yeah, and he's the one that gave me the idea for this. So you can blame a fellow artist on this one. <laughs> I, I, I met him once. Yes, wonderful man. He is. Okay, I would say it would probably be an American car. Okay, all right. So we're narrowing that down. Um of the 60s. Okay. Something like a Chevrolet Biscayne. Oh, cool. Okay. You know, the, the, the kind of the car next door. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, the, guy, like the guy next door. <laughs> um, to me, it's like the, the simple but proud. Yeah, yeah. I understand. I understand. So, you know, the Biscayne, they had different... Um, Dials for that car across the period. So you said which era, which model would you like? Is there a particular year that stands out for you? I would say late 60s. Late 60s. All right. Late 60s. Okay. Uh, All right. This is the, the, the car that may have the personality on which you could say it's a car that could remain humble despite great success. <laughs> I like that. Very nice answer to that question. Excellent. Appreciate it. So a lot up next is the last lap. But before we put the pedal to the metal, let's say thank you to today's Cars Yeah sponsors. Hey, Cars Yeah listeners, I have a question. What's the best way to protect your vehicle, both the exterior and the interior? It's with a car cover. I've been using Covercraft car covers since 1975. It's the fast, easy, and inexpensive way to keep your vehicle looking new. Covercraft is the world's largest manufacturer of custom patterned vehicle covers, and they are crafted to fit like a custom suit with over 80,000 patterns available. And they're made in the USA. But Covercraft is much more than car covers. Their vehicle protection system protects your cars, motorcycles, watercrafts, and RVs, exteriors from the elements, and the interiors from the wear and tear of daily life. Car covers, front end masks, dash covers, seat covers, floor mats, and much, much more. Covercraft offers you a full array of custom accessories made specifically for and styled to complement and protect your special vehicle. Covercraft is the right choice. I use them on all my vehicles, and your special vehicles will love them too. Learn more today at Covercraft.com, and you can get free shipping when you use the code at checkout, CARSYEAH. If you own collector cars and still have a little bit of money left over, congratulations. You're ahead of most people, but what should you do with the money you don't spend on cars? Talk to Chris Kimball, Certified Financial Planner Practitioner. For over 20 years, he's been helping people just like you and me with their financial planning and investments. And he's a car guy, too. Call 253-722-PLAN. Or you can view his website at www.chrisvkimble.com. Make sure your investments are running on all eight cylinders, or 12, or 16. Securities through Money Concepts Capital Corp. Member, FINRA SIPC. 
Okay, along we are back and we're entering the last lap. And I'm going to fire off a series of questions and ask you to give our listeners some very quick blips of the throttle answers. So are you ready? Yes, I am. What is the best automotive advice you've ever received? It was related to, uh, to art, but in a way related to automobile as well, because uh, once again, it came from Mr. Vaucher from the, the Automobile Gallery. He told me once, do not forget the style you have been recognized for. Mm. And, and, and you say that one day when we work on, on a project for, for Haggerty, and he, he mentioned this because he felt that I was a little offset of the style that I've been recognized for. Ah. And he was right. And uh, it, it, it is something that I will always remember. Yeah, great advice. Would you share one of your personal habits that you believe has helped contribute to your success as an artist over the years? I would say um, stick to my personal uh, vision. Ah. Conviction that the, what I've learned at school, for instance, it's good. It's, uh, it's been... Uh, the basic aspect of, of my work, but it is always something that I, I thought it is uh, it's been shaped by my my own personality. Beside the fact that uh, we all need to uh, to go to school to learn from uh, uh, older people, from the teacher, their their own experience, and they they always have a lot of things to give us. Mm-hmm. Uh, but aging, I thought about all the things that I've learned at university, and I told myself, I bring those things in, and after all, I just made it mine because of uh, uh, it, is, it is a part of my personality now. Yes, staying true to your conviction, so important. Now, how about a resource? Is there one in particular that you really enjoy that you think our listeners would enjoy as well? Um, for the people who have uh, interest with art and design, uh, it could be, uh, once again, related to automobile or architecture or aviation and so on. There is um, the, the European avant-garde. To me, it's still a great deal of uh, interest, and it's still something that I can say it shaped the, the design of what we have today, it's despite the fact it, it goes from... Uh, early 20th century, almost uh, 100 years ago, right. you can see in the uh, European avant-garde the, um, what the, um, the civilization will, will become uh, in 100 years from, uh, from there. Yes, very cool. Now, how about a book? Is there one book in particular that you've enjoyed that you think our listeners would enjoy reading as well? Again, uh, in, for the people who have an interest in design, uh, I would say there is a book on the, the Bauhaus called Workshop for Modernity. Mm. It was uh, based on, for sure, the, the Bauhaus School in, in between the two wars. Mm-hmm. And uh, again, it's still something that could be considered as uh, the uh, forecast of what design in, in 20th century will look like. Well, I'll remind our listeners you can follow, find links to all these great resources at carsyacom slash and Alain's name is A-L-A-I-N, and his last name, Levesque, is L-E-V-E-S-Q-U-E. All right, Alain, we are up to the checkered flag, and this last question can be a real doozy. If you could have only <laughs> one collector car in your garage, don't worry about the price, because today I'll buy you whatever you'd like. What would that <laughs> one vehicle be, and more importantly, why? Huh. I have in mind the, the Aston Martin, the Ghetto. 
Oh, okay. Like a DB4? The DB4, yeah. Ah, yeah. Okay. I, I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's hard to beat in terms of style. And uh, I like, I like the, the aspect of uh, aluminum body shell, too. Yes. But if you tell me that I had a choice, despite the, um, the price of the Aston Martin, I would probably go with the Corvette. The Stingray of 63. Okay, the uh, split window? Yes, yes, okay. Because this is something that I've I've been in contact for the first time when I was probably 10, and uh, I will never forget that. I was was with one of my cousins, and when I saw that car for the first time, I uh, I was so impressed. It appears to me like a, almost like an, an, an unreal vision. It, the, the almost human shape of it haunted me for, for a long period of time. <laughs> and so in, in those days, I was drawing a lot, you know, uh-huh. and I felt an urgent need to start drawing it. Mm. Once again, it's, a, it's Bill Mitchell unique crisp design. Yeah. And I think this, this is probably uh, leads uh, other uh, American industry to change their way to see design after Bill Mitchell, uh, Stingray, uh, Riviera, and Toronto, and so on. I, I've read somewhere that uh, the great Italian car designer, uh, Pinion Farina, said once about the 63 Riviera, uh, he wish, I wish I would be the one who have created that design. Oh, really? Oh, because, wow. And uh, for coming from a, a guy of that stature, Yes. Like a Pinot Farina, it, it tells a lot. Absolutely. Yeah, the 63 split window Corvette, what an iconic car. So I see that there's a big trend towards American cars, big engines that you really like. So uh, <laughs> that's very cool. Well, a lot, you have taken me on a great ride today. I've really enjoyed your stories. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey with the Cars Yeah listeners. Could you give us one parting piece of guidance before you drive off in the sunset in that 63 Corvette Stingray? Hmm. I'd like to. Uh, hopefully, one day it will happen. But uh, <laughs> those cars are kind of hard to to find these days. Yes. Yes. I would say uh, I have learned over the years that uh, to remain sincere, is mostly for people who are active in in in, uh, in creative uh, uh, things, uh, to remain sincere with with my personal way of seeing things, especially for. When creativity is concerned, trying to please at all costs is a trap. This is something that I've learned. (laughs) Yes, it is for sure. Absolutely. Stay true to yourself is very important. Yeah. Well, listeners, you can find links to everything Alon has shared with us again on his very own show notes page at carsyad.com. Just type Alon, A-L-A-I-N, into the search bar and his show notes page will pop right up. Alon, merci for being so grateful today with your time and your expertise and sharing your experiences with our listeners. Thank you for uh, making the world a little bit more special with your artwork. It graces my walls and my home. I smile even bigger now every time I walk by one of your pieces to know we've been able to talk here on Cars. Yeah, I appreciate that. Until we talk again, I'll see you down the road. Thank you very much. You're welcome. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah. Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, 
a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah!